CEO, the champion. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there, guys. Boom. This is going to be an exciting one, okay? I have not been this excited in a very, very long time. Breaking big. Carrie Lake wins right to bring election fraud case to trial. Judge denies motion to dismiss by Katie Hobbs trial to proceed Wednesday and Thursday. And I'm sure you guys already saw the news. This is like the biggest freaking news that we've gotten in, what, two years? Uh, this this makes Carrie Lake the first contestant from the 2022 midterms, and probably the only one, to actually bring a case to court and get it to trial. This is, this is phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I want to actually take this judge's dismissal, well, the ruling on the dismissal order and break it down, because it's going to really... Uh, be important for everybody to understand the the confines that the judge has set, the the burden of proof, the the standard that Carrie Lake has to meet in order to be successful and get the relief that she's seeking. Okay, now, <clears throat> so so I want to I want to walk you guys through this emotional roller coaster that <laughs> that I've I've been on. So yesterday I covered the the hearing with CanCon. I listened to the the county's arguments. And they were very similar to the ones from Mark Fincham's case. <clears throat> and I was thinking to myself, man, this is not looking good. Because a lot of this stuff that they won with, with Mark Fincham, uh, with latches and stuff like that, they're putting out these same arguments to this judge. And I wouldn't be shocked if this case gets dismissed. You know, I, I, I pretty much, <laughs> I, was ha- I, I was in the, the black pill mood last night. And... But then, you know, I, I kept thinking about it, and I was like, well, well, Kurt Olson did a phenomenal job yesterday presenting arguments uh, and, and knocking down the county's arguments one by one. He did a much better job, in my opinion, than Mark Fincham's attorney. And <clears throat> so I was like, maybe the outcome could be different. And then, boom, I get a text, and it turns out... No, I didn't get a text. I lied. What happened was I was listening to Behizzy live... And he, during his live stream, uh, got a comment saying that Carrie Lake's case is going to trial. And I was like, that can't be true. That's got to be Roy. That's got to be Roy trolling in the chat. But I looked it up, and it turns out it's true. So I was elated. I was ecstatic. I mean, I was happy as a clam. I was happier than a pig in a big pile of doo-doo. But then, but then I read the, the judge's dismissal. And I quickly realized that eight out of the ten counts, meaning the charges that Carrie Lake has alleged, have been dismissed. And only two counts are allowed to go forward. So I was a little pissed about that. Then I read the judge's dismissal all the way through. And I was like, dude, this guy's setting up uh, this, this case to fail. Because he's clearly biased towards the county. And the confines that he's set the burden of proof that Carrie Lake has to meet is very unrealistic here. But then, okay, and here's where things get good. I, I d- don't be alarmed. I'm not going blackpilled here. So then I went back and read Carrie Lake's original complaint and the evidence that she has and the witnesses that she's going to put, you know, on the stand and testify. And I was like, you know what? Despite this judge's bias, I think this is an open and shut case. And I think that Carrie Lake is going to wipe the floor on Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, so this is this is I've got I've got quite a bit of good news for you guys, 
And I want you to get the full understanding of, uh, you know, this judge's dismissal, what Carrie Lake has to prove at the trial, and where I think this is going to go. Okay? So, first and foremost, let me pull up this judge's dismissal order, and we're going to go through it. And I've highlighted a lot of stuff, so it's not going to be dry and boring and all that stuff, I promise. <clears throat> um, it's very important to understand this, okay? So, this is the judge's order under advisement. Now, when he said, <laughs> at the end of the hearing yesterday, when he said, I'm going to make my decision after, after advisement, I was like, okay, so he's going to get a call from George Soros, the case is going to get dismissed, but not necessarily, not necessarily. So, this is his order under advisement. Now, check this out. This is, I, I highlighted this in red because it's probably one of the most important sentences in the entire decision. He says, A court must apply all reasonable presumptions in favor of the validity of an election. Honest mistakes or mere omissions on part of election officers or irregularities in directory matters, even though gross, if not fraudulent, will not void an election unless they affect the result, or at least render it uncertain. So that right there, those are the confines. So he's saying that <coughs> it's okay. It's okay for, you know, machines to break down. It's okay to not have chain of custody documentation. It's okay to run a botched election, even if it's grossly botched. That doesn't matter. Unless there's actual fraud, Okay. Unless you can prove that there was intentional malice that the county officials or the canvassers or the, 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 you know, the board of supervisors directly manipulated votes. I mean, inserted illegal votes or eliminated Carrie Lake votes, that would constitute fraud and that would uh, warrant, that would void an election, right? So, unless, unless, of course, the gross negligence happens to be so bad that it impact it could possibly impact the election result meaning if you don't have chain of custody documentation for 300,000 ballots well it might have been an honest mistake but it doesn't matter because the outcome is completely undeterminable like we can't trust the results so Carrie Lake has to prove one of one of uh Two things, either direct fraud or gross negligence, which uh, renders the outcome in doubt, in question, where we, we, we can't determine who was the winner, right? So I this is why I think that Carrie Lake can win this. It's because even though only two of 10 counts are going forward, of the two counts that are going forward, I think that she can do this no problem. So, <clears throat> we'll come back to that in a second, but let's look at uh, some of the counts that were tossed and, and talk about that briefly. So, count one, violation of freedom of speech. The, the judge dismissed this, and the reason is because he said that um, just because Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richard, they submitted uh, you know requests for Twitter to delete certain content, one, that doesn't violate the First Amendment because... It wasn't the, the state actor themselves removing the content. It was just a request. And two, even if they did violate the First Amendment, when you're making an election challenge, there's very strict criteria of the, of 
of the type of stuff that you can put forward. And this wouldn't fall within the statute. Okay? It would not be considered misconduct under ARS 16-672. So even if they could prove a direct violation of the First Amendment, this would not be applicable here, and she would have to bring that in another case. Okay? So that's why that one got tossed, and uh, I have a problem with it, but I don't think it's... I don't think that it's really necessary uh, in order for her to win. And when I say win... I mean to get this election uh, to, to be cast into such doubt that either Carrie Lake is declared the winner or we have an entirely new election. That would be winning, okay? And so if this gets dismissed, I'm not too worried about it. Because even if, even if this count was accepted, I don't think that they can prove that Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer, they engaged in such egregious censorship that... It caused the election outcome to change. There's no way that they can prove that, to be honest. So for, forget about that. I'm not too worried about it. But, but I do want to uh, talk about this paragraph right here. Because this uh, is very important to some of the other counts. Okay, so, so check this out. Even if plaintiffs successfully pled a First Amendment challenge, she cannot argue that these alleged First Amendment violations constitute election misconduct. Now, that word misconduct is very important. Um, There's very specific criteria which defines misconduct, and here's where they defined it. The statute requires misconduct as, quote, on the part of election boards or any members thereof in any of the counties of the state or on the part of any officer making or participating in a canvas for a state election. Okay, so it's, it's basically like the law... When you're talking about misconduct, misconduct only applies to board members like the Board of Supervisors and, (coughs) 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 excuse me, I'm still a little sick, Uh, either, either the Board of Supervisors or any officer making or participating in a canvas for a state election. So if you're alleging misconduct in an election contest, but the misconduct that you're alleging doesn't have anything to do with the board of supervisors or the officers as part of the canvas, then then it doesn't count effectively. You have to find a way to define. You have to define the misconduct um, to include one of these state actors. Does that make sense? So that's going to come into play when we're talking about the rest of the counts. Uh, <clears throat> so um, let me take a sip of water. So, so he's still talking about this First Amendment uh, challenge, and he says, the secretary and recorder are not automatically members of election boards. Um, so if defendants committed misconduct, it must be done while making or participating in a canvas to come within the ambit of A1. So, so basically he's saying um, that if Stephen Richer... And, and Katie Hobbs, if they were censoring people, but it wasn't during the canvassing of an election, then that doesn't count as misconduct. <clears throat> it has to be misconduct during an election. Okay, so count two. This is one of the counts that's going forward, and this has to do with illegal tabulator configurations. 
Plaintiff alleges that the ballot-on-demand printers that malfunction on Election Day were not certified and have vulnerabilities that render them susceptible to hacking. According to a declaration attached to the statement, Plaintiff alleges separately that the BOD printers malfunctioned because of an intentional action. Plaintiff alleges that these combined to provide grounds for setting aside election results based on both A1 for misconduct and for illegal votes. The court takes plaintiff to mean two things by this count. One, that the use of BOD printers lacking certification was misconduct by some responsible official. And two, that someone did something to the printers to cause them to misprint ballots. The former is not enough to state a claim. So the judge is basically saying this part, uh, that the the ballot on-demand printers lacking certification is not going to be a part of like. <clears throat> so Katie, uh, Carrie Lake tried to say in her in her original complaint that these ballot on-demand printers were not certified, and therefore all of the all of the ballots that were printed and run through the tabulators should basically basically be counted as illegal votes because they didn't follow the proper legal process in order to certify those printers, right? Now, this would have been a clean sweep. If if the judge were to go for that argument, then this entire election would be null and void because all of the ballots were counted on these, using these, <coughs> excuse me, these illegal printers, right? But the judge has already defined that basically that's not the case, that the printers don't actually have to be certified only the tabulators have to be certified. Only machines and devices, he says, that record or tabulate votes must be certified in compliance with HAVA to comply with Arizona law. So you can forget about this part. That, you know, because the, tab- the, the printers weren't certified, that this results in some kind of misconduct. That's gone. The judge decided that he's not going to go for that argument. So Carrie Lake has to make an argument based on this right here, that someone did something to the printers to cause them to misprint ballots. So on this count, count two, Carrie Lake has to prove that the, 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 the configuration of the printers was not calibrated properly on purpose, intentionally. And this resulted in uh, massive voter disenfranchisement and people not being able to cast ballots, right? Now, that's going to come down to the testimony of, of, of expert Clay Pariah. Now, we know that Clay Pariah has uh, he submitted a sworn declaration in Carrie Lake's original complaint saying that this was intentional. There's no way that this was an accident. The county's explanations for what happened on Election Day doesn't make any sense at all. And so he's going to be one of the experts testifying either Wednesday or Thursday and giving his expert testimony as to why uh, there had to have been some sort of misconduct here. <clears throat> so if if his evidence is solid, rock solid, he, he makes a solid argument, then Carrie Lake can win this right there. Now, if she can't prove, because it's going to be hard, it's going to be very hard to prove that the machines breaking down on election day happened because of an intentional manipulation of the ballot on demand printers. That's going to be very difficult to prove. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Of course, I believe it happened. But in a, in a court of law, let's let's remember something. OJ obviously killed his wife, but yet o, OJ was found innocent because 
the evidence was not there. <laughs> if the glove don't fit, you must acquit, right? When it, when it comes to this kind of stuff, you can have a hunch. You can believe in, in your heart of hearts that this was intentional, but you have to prove it, okay? Now, uh, because Carrie Lake's going to get discovery here, <coughs> remember Jennifer Wright, the attorney general's assistant? She demanded answers from the county saying, I want you to provide me documentation of uh, all, any and all changes that were made to these printers. And I want to know when it happened. Um, I want to know who did it. I want to know if it was like remote access or if you sent technicians out all across the county. What exactly happened here? I want every single detail. Now, the county obstructed and, and refused to turn this information over. But because we're going to trial and because we get discovery, then we can actually get that information. So perhaps uh, they have something to hide here, and that's why they didn't turn it over. And now that they're actually going to trial and Carrie Lake gets discovery, they might be screwed here. So this is going to be very, very interesting. But if she can't prove that it was intentional, that there was actual fraud, there was actual misconduct, then she's going to have to rely on the, the statistical data of Richard Barris. Richard Barris, the the pollster, he is going... He, I mean, they used his evidence in the original complaint. So Richard Barris, he's going to say that there was X amount of people disenfranchised that um, would, have, would have casted a ballot, but because of the long lines, they weren't able to. A lot of people were turned away. So they're going to use his historical data, his statistical data, his polling data... To make that argument. Because remember, you either have to prove fraud, which voids the election, or you have to prove that the gross negligence was uh, large enough to overcome the margin of victory. So if Clay Pariah's testimony doesn't do it, then it's going to come down to Richard Barris's statistical data and the poll watchers that were there and saw, okay, I watched out of 175 people, 100 people turned away and de decided not to cast a ballot because the line was too long. <clears throat> that's so that's their burden of proof. They're going to have to uh, compile enough evidence to show that the disenfranchisement was large enough that if it weren't for that, Carrie Lake would have won. But that's going to be difficult to do because the problem is all these people that were disenfranchised and didn't cast a ballot we don't know how those people would have voted. There's no way to prove it. I mean, we can look at statistical data and say two-thirds of the Election Day voters at this precinct were voting for Kerry Lake. But <clears throat> um, that's, that's not going to hold up in a court of law. What it might do is render the results uh, invalid. Like, you, you don't know who would have won, so we need a new election. What it's not going to do is result in Kerry Lake being declared the winner. The only way that Carrie Lake is going to be declared the winner by a judge is if she can prove that, look, I got 20,000 ballots right here that were illegally inserted for Katie Hobbs. Or I got 20,000 ballots right here that were cast for me, but were destroyed or eliminated from the count. So you can definitively show that Carrie Lake won this election. Then she'd be declared the winner. But I don't think that's going to happen. Best case scenario would be that Carrie Lake gets a new election. Um, I think that the hill is way too high. Uh, it's way too steep to climb 
in order for her to be declared the winner. I don't think she's going to get that relief. Okay? <clears throat> Man, I'm, I'm struggling more than I thought, being, being that I'm still sick. So bear with me, guys. I need to regularly take sips of my water. <clears throat> all right, so moving on, all right? Um, so basically, the judge isn't going to go for... The, the, the printers weren't certified. That's that's not going to be um, considered by the judge at all. Reading on, the twin allegation that the BOD printer failures rendered the vote illegal also fails. An illegal vote is one that is either cast by a voter who is ineligible to vote or cast in any manner that by statute invalidates the vote. Okay? So, just because printers broke down... Uh, that doesn't constitute illegal votes being cast, and it doesn't uh, constitute, you know, votes being invalidated, he says. Now, that's going to make Carrie Lake's case very difficult, because if you're saying that these votes were not, like, disenfranchised voters, if if you're saying printers breaking down doesn't um, invalidate votes... Right, because those are people that would have voted. If you're if you're going to say that we we can prove that twenty thousand or more people would have voted had this not happened, but the judge says that uh, printers' failures does not constitute by statute invalidated votes. That's a big problem. So that makes Carrie Lake's argument very very difficult to make. Um. <coughs> <coughs> Now, the next paragraph, because plaintiff does not allege that the BOD printer failure either one, caused a vote to be cast by an ineligible voter, or two, caused a vote to be cast and counted when the vote should not have been, she has not stated a claim under subsection A4. While the court finds that plaintiff does not state a claim under ARS 16-672, the court finds that plaintiff does state a claim under A1, viewing the complaint in the, in the light most favorable to the non-movement, plaintiff specifically alleges that a person employed by Maricopa County interfered with BOD printers in violation of Arizona law, resulting in some number of lost votes for plaintiff. Plaintiff is entitled to attempt to prove at trial that 1. The malfeasant person was a covered person under A1. 2. The printer malfunctions caused by this individual directly resulted in identifiable lost votes for plaintiff. And 3 that these votes would have affected the outcome of the election. So, I'm not an attorney, but it sounds like what the judge is saying is that um, you're going to have to prove that the machines were intentionally manipulated and that they were somehow... uh, Okay, and not only that, but you have to prove that these machines were intentionally manipulated by somebody that is either part of the canvas... Or one of the board of supervisors. So if it was an outside actor that hacked into it, essentially what the judge is saying here is that doesn't fall under the statute of misconduct, which is insane. This is crazy. So basically, the election could have been rigged, but unless it was rigged by these specific people, then it doesn't fall under the statute as it, as, uh, that defines misconduct. This is retarded. I'm sorry. This is absolutely ridiculous. 
But man, I'm telling you, so the way he's laid this out, the hill is so high for Carrie Lake to climb to be able to meet the burden of proof here. It's out of this world. That's why I'm not too confident in this count being the one that, you know, uh, saves the day. I'm going to I'm going to stake my reputation on the chain of custody claim because I think that 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 one has a way way better chance of success and we'll get to that in a second. But the way that the the way the judge is laying this out is absolutely absurd to me. Now, guys, uh, we got about 850 people watching. If you could do me a favor and smash the rumble button, subscribe to this channel, and guys, you know I didn't put the uh, any ads on this video, but I would like to encourage you guys to please consider going to nickmoseeder.locals.com, signing up over there to become a supporter, uh, which will get you an extra video or live stream every single freaking week. For the low, low price of $5 a month. I mean, that's a $10 trillion value. Critics are raving. People are saying that there's there's never been a uh, there's never been a better time to become a, a supporter of Nick Moseter and uh, a member of the Wilf Pack. Wow, what a steal. What a steal. That's what that's what people are saying. I I didn't say that, but that's what everybody else is saying. So consider going to nickmoseter.locals.com. A lot of you guys said, you know, Nick, what do you want for Christmas? Well, if I could pick one thing, it would be for you to go to nickmoseeder.locals.com and become a supporter over there. All right, now let's get back into it. So, now, ah, man, got to take another sip. Plaintiff initially cited to Hunt for the proposition that instead, if this count survives, it must result in a revote of the entire election because of fraudulent combinations, coercion, and intimidation. But plaintiff has not alleged fraud, nor pled it with particularity. Fraud must be pled with particularity. Okay? So, basically, he's saying that, uh... Man, this judge sucks, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. This judge sucks ass. First of all, he came out out of the gate saying that I must construe the law in favor of Katie Hobbs and, and the Board of Supervisors and assume that the election was on the up and up. I mean, that's what court precedent says, and that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to look at all of this evidence in favor of the defendants, right off the bat, saying I have a clear bias, and then, you know, tossing out eight of the ten counts, and then the ones that he did let go forward, he's he's basically just making this impossible for Carrie Lake to win. So he's saying that because um, it, it sounds like what he's saying here is that is that Carrie Lake really has no chance here of proving fraud because she didn't state a claim with particularity. When you when you make a claim of fraud, you have to state state the claim with particularity, meaning like minute details. This person did this at this time, and this is my accusation. You, you can't say. Well, something happened with these printers. I don't know what it is, but something's up with these printers, right? They'll say, you didn't state a claim with particularity. So the court therefore dismisses any claim under count two alleging fraud. This is total bullshit. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm reading this for a second time, and as I'm reading, I'm getting more confused about why did this, why did this count even go forward if essentially the judge is saying that, <laughs> like, you have to prove that it was either the, the county or Katie Hobbs that directly manipulated the printers, 
But at the same time, even if you prove that, because you didn't state a claim with particularity, the court dismisses any claim under count two alleging fraud. That doesn't make any sense. You might as well just toss this one out. I don't get it. Again, I'm not an attorney. I must be missing something here. But I really don't even see how how can Carrie Lake possibly win on this count. Anyways. Now, here's where I got really pissed. Count three, invalid signatures on mail-in ballots. This was actually dismissed. And this was this is a big problem because the easiest thing Carrie Lake could do is take all those mail-in ballots, which we know the signatures didn't match. Uh, we, we know that the, the level two managers overrided the decision of the level one people 90% of the time, meaning that bad signatures were being counted. So if Carrie Lake was to get a signature matching, a signature audit, this would be an open and shut case. And this would, honestly, it would send shockwaves around the world. I mean, because we, we know the one thing that they've fought since 2020 is a signature audit. They've refused it at every single turn. And Carrie Lake has made clear, clear arguments as to why we should take a look at the signatures. But the judge dis, uh, ruled on the side of the defendant in tossing this part out because of latches. Now, I had never heard of latches before the Mark Fincham case, but I've done a little research. And essentially what latches means is that the election process, the election law, the procedures, if you're going to make a challenge to that, you have to do it before an election. Like, if you don't like the way um, signatures are verified, you don't wait until after the election because essentially what you're doing is you're saying, I don't like the result, right? I I lost, so now I'm going to challenge the process. I'm going to challenge the way the law was written. And latches means that uh, if you're going to bring that type of case, you have to do it before an election, or else it looks like you're basically just challenging the procedures because it just so happened that your opponent won and you didn't like it. So here's the thing. The judge dismissed this um, invalid signatures on mail-in ballots count because of latches, but th- this doesn't make any sense. Because as far as I know, only valid signatures should be allowed to count, right? And if, if they do count, invalid signatures are counted, that's a violation of the law. So we're not challenging the process, we're not challenging the law, we're challenging the fact that the law was broken. And Kurt Olson made that claim very very clear yesterday. And I was very proud of Kurt Olson. He's a great attorney. He made that argument yesterday. And I, I just I just I don't see how anybody could see it any different. If you're counting bad signatures, we're not challenging the process. We're challenging the fact that the law was broken. But still, this judge threw out one of the most powerful and potent uh claims that Carrie Lake has at her disposal. So all of this stuff about bad signatures and uh, tens of thousands of mail-in ballots being counted illegally, it's not going to be material to this case. The judge rejected it. He dismissed that part. Um, so there's 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 not going to be any... Re- Carrie Lake in her original complaint was seeking the relief that she be able to audit the uh, ballot affidavit signatures. So now that's that's out. We're not going to be able to do that. And even if we could, it doesn't matter 
because of latches. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, so that's gone. Now, count four. This is one of the counts that is allowed to go forward, and we're going to talk about this one. So, plaintiff alleges that ballots of some number were added by Runbeck employees to the total in violation of ARS 16-1016. Further, plaintiffs allege that the lack of receipt of delivery forms were violations of state law that permitted an indeterminate number of votes to be added to the official results constituting misconduct. The court drawing inferences in the light most favorable to plaintiff, as it must in this case, finds that plaintiff has stated a claim of misconduct by a person under control of Maricopa County, that affected the canvas. Defendants argue that latches applies. However, latches does not apply to contests arising from violation of election day procedures as opposed to challenges to the procedures themselves. So he just made the argument that I just said. <clears throat> this this is this is good. So we have this runback employee that said they witnessed um the runback employees were allowed to submit their family members' ballots at Runbeck, even though Runbeck is not an actual legal valid drop box, so any ballots that were inserted at Runbeck would be considered illegal. Um, you don't even have to get into this argument about about whether you're allowed to ballot harvest for family members. No, 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 because you're not allowed to insert ballots into the count at Runbeck. That's illegal. Every single one of those ballots was illegal. Now the problem is we don't know how many were inserted. And in order for Carrie Lake to win on that basis, you would have to prove that there was over 17,117 inserted. Or you could make the argument that we don't know how many were inserted. There could have been 50. There could have been 50,000. We have no idea. And so um, we think that this election, the the results can't be trusted, right? So that's the argument that I think they're going to go for. I think they're going to say, well, we don't know how many ballots were inserted. Not to mention, not to mention, <coughs> excuse me, not to mention, Kerry Lake has evidence that over uh, 289,000 uh, early vote ballots were uh, submitted into the count without chain of custody documentation, and she has whistleblowers from inside the counting center and from Runbeck that will allege to this, and the county cannot provide these documents. They've had FOIA requests submitted that the county has refused to comply with. They, they have no chain of custody documentation for 300,000 ballots. Now that, it, my, my friends, is where I think Carrie Lake is going to, this, this should be a slam frickin' dunk. As long as the evidence is there, as long as that's true, then this, is, this, is a, this election should be voided. Because when you have 300,000 ballots... With no chain of custody, we don't know where those ballots came from. We don't know when they were inserted. We don't know if they're um, if they're legal or not, because we didn't have documentation of when they changed hands. And uh, this is a clear violation of the law. This is the most black and white evidence that Carrie Lake has. So <clears throat> this is what I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to this right here: count for ballot chain of custody. So that's my hopium. That's my real hopium there. Count two with the with the printers and stuff like that. I'm not as optimistic about that. I'm really not. Because it's gonna be it's very hard to prove intent, malice, and uh if you can't prove that, then you have to you have to show 
how the the printers breaking down would have resulted in a Carry Lake win, and that's very difficult. So count four, that's where my hopium lies, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I was actually looking at the Carry Lake complaint, and she has not just a Runbeck employee, but she also has um, a credentialed election observer at McTech on election day that observed uh, trucks and vehicles delivering ballots and memory cards from the vote centers and ballot drop boxes with no chain of custody. So she has multiple, multiple people that observe this. Now, um, I want to show you something. Whoops. I want to show you something. So here's another hopium crusher. We know that Carrie Lake got this big win where the, the, the judge approved her ballot inspection. First of all, that ballot inspection is of only, I think, 150 votes uh, from from various vote centers. Like, she gets to look at 50 ballot-on-demand ballots. She gets to look at 50 early ballots. Um, and she gets to look at, I think, early ballots that were dropped off on Election Day or something like that. 50 of each across six vote, vote centers. And that's a very small sample size. But the judge actually rejected her request to look at ballot affidavit signatures, and that was the big thing. Like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna get out of looking at fifty ballots? Nothing. I mean, are you gonna, unless you can find bamboo fibers or some shit like that? That's it's not gonna materialize into anything. So the small sample size of ballots, it really doesn't, really doesn't make any material difference. But also. If you look right here, um, check this out. It is further ordered accepting and adopting Maricopa County's recommendation appointing Lynn Constable as the court's inspector pursuant to ARS 16-677. So the judge is allowing Carrie Lake to have a ballot inspection, but she allow, uh, the, the judge allowed the defendants to select the inspector. So Maricopa County recommended Lynn Constable to, to inspect the ballots, and the judge accepted that. How, how does that make any sense? The judge is allowing the, the, the fox to guard the hen house, allow the defendants. To, it's like, all right, you're being accused of murder, all right? And so uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to send... Look, I'm, I'm accusing you of murder, and I want to inspect your home and and take fingerprint samplings off this uh this weapon and then the judge is like no 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 we're gonna let the murderer conduct his investigation uh and and take fingerprint samplings okay and and see what he comes up with because uh we wouldn't want to appear biased <laughs> like it's ridiculous it's a nothing burger the, the ballot inspection is basically black letter law in Arizona. Carrie Lake's entitled to it. The judge granted it. But the way that the law is written, there's such a limited sample size. And the fact that the county gets to choose means that it's completely pointless. It's useless. So I wouldn't call that a big win. Um, where I think the, the big win is going to happen is, again, count for ballot chain of custody. Now, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because... The defendants, the county's attorneys yesterday said, this is a simple misunderstanding. Carrie Lake and her attorney, they just don't understand the, how the paperwork works. They don't understand how chain of custody is supposed to be followed. 
and they seem pretty confident that they can prove in court that this is not an issue at all. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. If the evidence is there, if there's no chain of custody on drop boxes, then boom, this election should be voided, 100%. So it's going to be interesting, ladies and germs. It's going to be interesting. Now, do me a favor and smash that rumble button. Do me a favor and smash that rumble button. Subscribe to this channel. Consider becoming a supporter at nickmoseeter.locals.com. Uh, you know. And, guys, we're going to have to uh, stay tuned because Wednesday and Thursday are going to be big, big days. Big days. All right? Not to mention, uh, now, like a dumbass, I just exited it out. I exited it out. But Carrie Lake has submitted her list of people that she's going to call to the witness stand. And on that list <laughs> is Katie Hobbs and Stephen Richer. They're going to be called to testify. And they're going to be put in the, in, the, in the hot seat and forced to answer questions under oath under pe- with penalty of perjury. Now, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's going to be a spectacle. Okay? We're also going to have expert testimony from the, the whistleblowers and Clay Pariah. Clay Pariah, former pro VNV employee who's worked at all levels of government and believes that the printer failure on Election Day was intentional. So he's going to present his evidence, and I'm going to be tuned in to fit, to listen to that because I want to hear uh, what Clay Pariah, I'm sorry, Clay Parikh has to say. All right, so I'm actually getting very winded. Still, still pretty sick. I'm going to look at some comments down here and just hang out with you guys for a sec. But I just wanted to go over that. I wanted to go over that with you guys so you know what to expect in the coming days and you know what to uh, listen for from Carrie Lake's uh, attorneys and witnesses. And as you're watching in the next couple of days, you'll be able to understand whether or not uh, I mean, I guess you'll be able to understand who's winning, who's losing, because you understand what the judge is looking for here. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Hellcat Chally says they are busy signing the forms now. I was just on a walk, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I bet Maricopa County is forging chain of custody documentation right now. And I bet they'd get away with it, too, if they tried to do that. Because, uh, you know, we're not allowed to do a signature verification you know, so <laughs> they could just present pieces of paper that they're all signed by Stephen Richer, and the judge can be like, "Looks good to me. Looks good to me." Yep. So yeah, I think we'll be live streaming the trial. Absolutely going to try to. Definitely, definitely. The fix is in against Carrie. Listen, I'm not so convinced. I'm not so convinced. If the fix was in, why would we get this far? I'm telling you, chain of custody is black and white. It's very, very simple. I don't think we've ever had a case go to trial where we we got past the standing issue and chain of custody was presented as a legitimate argument. Um, I, I don't think that that's happened as far as I can remember. I mean, we found chain of custody issues before, but I don't I don't know that that was ever brought in an election contest the way that Carrie Lake has brought it. That's the easiest smackdown, baby. The easiest smackdown to to take the election and make it impossible to determine who won. Because all these ballots were illegal. If you have 300,000 ballots that were illegal, it doesn't matter who they were for because you don't know 
if they were actual votes or if they were inserted illegally. So, boom. But I'm going off of what should happen. I'm saying it should happen. It should be an open and shut case. But, I, I mean... We know how the court system works, and then there's the appeal process. No matter what happens in the in this trial, it's going to get appealed. Win, win, lose, or draw. <clears throat> All right. So, guys, I'm, I'm I'm really struggling here, but make sure to tune in. We're going to live stream the the trial. Make sure you smash that rumble button and subscribe. Uh. And uh, I want to thank you all for watching. Please consider going to nickmoseeder.locals.com where you'll get an extra video, extra live stream every single freaking week. Become part of a community. It's like a family over there. It's so it's so fun, man, when we go live. Such a small little community, you know. Respond to pretty much all the comments. Get to know one another. And, you know, talk about stuff that's not as serious. Let our hair down a little bit. So, uh... All right, guys, thanks for watching, and I will see you next time.